Hello, and welcome to RTV Chachaf, brought to you by Raising the Village. Raising the Village, or RTV, is a nonprofit organization that partners with last night communities in rural Uganda to end ultra poverty in our generation. I'm your host, Ahad Lankar, and I'm part of RTV's small but mighty communications team. Let's get started. In this episode, we will discuss how Raising the Village is addressing ultra poverty in Uganda during the harsh effect of COVID 19 where last night communities require even more assistance so that they can emerge from uncertainty. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 7 for RTV Chat. Our guest today is David Kapambi, the head of programs at RTV. David demonstrates a lot of passion when working with last night communities. He understands how to connect with their innate creativity to get them out of ultra-poverty. As an expert in many projects such as youth, livelihood, family support, schools, and healthcare, David will talk to us about the health situation in Uganda and how our programs respond to public health and the economic crisis brought by the pandemic. Hi, David. I'm thrilled to be here today, and thank you for being part of this episode of RTV Chatshaf. I'm looking forward. It's such a needed topic, not just for me, but for our listeners. So let's get started with what's happening today, the global pandemic. Since March 2020, there is no doubt that COVID-19 has deepened global inequities, with ultra-poor bearing the impact of a national lockdown for almost two years now. Um, can you tell us how the pandemic has affected Uganda? Yeah, thank you for that, for that question. It is true that the pandemic has really had an effect on Uganda. But I, just to give you a brief background of how we got where we are right now, um, I remember uh, way back in 2019 towards the end of the year 2019 uh, we heard that uh, covid was affecting people in in china little did we know in uganda that it would also reach us um, then i also remember that a few months later beginning of 2020 then uh, it became very serious in uganda and we experienced the first lockdown in fact that lockdown happened uh, towards the end of march and uh, when we we had never known about a lockdown, so we didn't know what to expect. So people just went into their homes and there were curfew and, and all these kind of things that were, that were new to us. But uh, within just one week of that lockdown, we, we started seeing that so many people depleted their savings. Most families in Uganda could not even afford two meals a day. And I remember at that time, government had to start providing and deliver food the affected people. So communities were starving and they didn't have food within just one week of the pandemic. And that went on for quite a bit of time. I, this was just the beginning of a bigger problem. So when I, when I go back to your question and I start looking at the two years of COVID-19, the impact is even much greater when it comes to the ultra poor. Because uh, People in towns were able to deplete their savings, but when it went to the communities where we are serving as raising the village, the ultra poor, it became even much bigger. The, 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 that crisis has affected their economic activity. And now we see more people living below the poverty line. Um, during these lockdowns, we are seeing market disruptions, uh, which are actually forcing farmers to, their, to sell their produce at very low prices. We've also seen COVID-19 cases increase and the treatment is quite expensive for the ultra poor. And of course, that this is leading to quite a number of people you know, dying. 
most of them, uh, most of the ultra poor people have ended up selling their assets, take care of their medical deals. I would say the pandemic has really impacted us. And um, look, reflecting on the two years, this has not been something that we had expected. Wow. Um, I'm sure this is like, this is really difficult. So as the head of programs at Raising the Village, David, can you tell us how the programs are operating during the pandemic in Uganda? I'm sure like what you just explained makes it more challenging. So particularly in last mile communities with a significantly weaker healthcare system, how are you operating? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, like your question is, it is actually true that the health system in Uganda has always been having challenges and the COVID-19 pandemic made even these challenges bigger. Uh, which when we reflect on our health system, uh, we know that uh, for very many years, it, it has been underfunded and uh, there are so many people who need healthcare. So they, there is underfunding, but then we have so many people needing healthcare. Now for us as raising the village, we are working in last mile communities. So when you look at the statistics, actually in the last mile communities, they are alarming. We see the doctor to patient ratio, ratio you know, one doctor yeah. for approximately 20,000 people. That's a huge number. Wow. And you know that the doctor cannot actually reach out to all these people. Um, if we even look at the ministry itself, the Ugandan Ministry of Health, and they conduct annual, annual surveys um, that you know, assess the health system performance, you are going to see quite a number of challenges We've seen that uh, their surveys have shown significant shortage, shortage in availability and the quality of service. We've seen that uh, the people who seek services in our centers, especially the government ones, are complaining about poor sanitation. The issue of lack of drugs and equipment has always been there. The COVID actually even made it, made it worse. Uh, the people are always staying because there are so many people are seeking the health Care, so they are always staying and waiting for long, long times. So they are quite a number inadequate referrals, and I can go on and and on. So when we when we look at now the last mile communities, even the, this weak health healthcare makes it even tougher in these COVID times. First, they are hard to access because of the poor road network. The last mile communities are quite far. Then the poor infrastructure even makes the transport very, very expensive. Then most of these communities live on less than $1 per day, and therefore cannot take access health care services from private health centers. So remember, there are also regular drug stockouts in the government aided hospitals. So as a result, we are seeing that some of our last mile communities are not able to access services, and we've seen many of them die. And that is why Raising the Village is one of the few organizations that have come, they've remained uh, operational through the lockdowns because the services that we are offering these communities are essential services. We were privileged that the, the government was able to recognize us and yeah. you know, give us the permit to operate even through the lockdown. And uh, we've, we've tried to offer essential services to these uh, underserved communities. And with our government partnerships, we see, we've seen some kind of support going to these last mile communities. 
Great. Speaking of services, I would like you, David, to take us through some of the RTV health projects that have immediate implications on our partner communities' lives and livelihoods. Yeah, like like I've uh, like I've mentioned is that uh, some of the service, whatever we are doing as RTV has impact on people's health. So all the challenges that I've just mentioned, they are all impacting people's health. If we are talking about poor economics, we are talking about gender disparity, all of these have impact on their health. So as raising the village, we always say our work begins where the road ends. So last mile communities, because of their poor infrastructure, we've come out very strongly to see how we can support them and find, you know, make these communities find sustainable solutions. So now speaking of, of, of sustainability, for, so we, we, we believe that for communities to become sustainable and self-driven, they must be empowered to make their own decisions, regardless of their age, gender. Uh, so what we, we normally do is one of the first interventions that we've done for these communities is to conduct household training to support them in this decision making. These, these trainings are conducted several times around different topics. Uh, we are talking about financial literacy, we are talking about mindset change, we are talking about village savings and loan associations, and we are also talking about gender equality and uh, responsibility. So all these, so the, the idea of communities first, you know, supporting their mindset and, and being able to find solutions becomes key. Then from there, because uh, that's now about building their capacity and mindset change. Then the next intervention that we focus on is uh, now offering them services. So we conduct health outreaches. And uh, like I mentioned before, that Uganda's healthcare has a challenge of inadequate health, health workers. So for us, as raising the village, as a way of mitigating this, we bring these services closer to these last mile communities through health outreaches. So we are able to mobilize health workers from the government through the partnership with the government health workers and then you know and then we are able to, to to support with you know medical supplies and take them to communities and they are able to get those services so our RTV officers collaborate with these government health centers and the extension and the extension workers to provide health services in the last community in the last mile communities the health services um provided are many, but I'll just mention just a few for the purpose of uh, you know this platform. Yeah. One of them is uh, the provision of health talk. We are talking about blood testing. We are talking about diagnosis. We are talking about medical dispenses, dispensing. We are talking about HCT, um, you know, to, to do with uh, HIV. We are talking about family planning and nutrition boosting. All these services are very key because the communities actually don't have access to this. So when we offer that, then we are able to, to, to get communities, you know, get some of the services, which takes away some of the challenges that we find, you know, there. Another intervention that we've, uh, with, we, with, we, we know has been very instrumental is access to clean water. You know that only a small percentage, around 35% of Ugandans have access to basic water supply. Now here we have to just talk about basic water supply. Now the percentage even becomes lower when it comes to clean water. The government of Uganda now aims to have clean water for everyone by 2030. But is, is that going to be achieved immediately? 
yeah. maybe not. So one of the things we are doing to achieve this goal as raising the village is how do we ensure there is investment in quality water infrastructure, which involves restoring and maintaining clean water sources. So much of Uganda's water sources are open water and swampland. So last mile communities, because of being very far, then they, they don't always have the opportunity to get you know, support, especially from government and other NGOs. So RRTV is focused on that intervention of providing clean water to these communities. And we are doing that in order to reduce waterborne diseases. We know that uh, if people keep taking you know, unsafe water, then we, we see so much, you know, there are more diseases coming to these communities. So RRTV is doing this, and we are doing this through construction of shallow wells, we are protecting springs, we are providing them water tanks, we are even doing extensions, especially from uh, communities like, for, for example, towns have water, so RRTV is able to extend water from the towns and take them to the last mile communities. We've done this in quite a number of places. Yeah, so for us, providing clean water is uh, is very instrumental and it, there is a way to connect to supporting the health interventions that we are doing. Speaking of bigger impact and reaching more communities, can you talk about RTV health outreaches and how you're planning to move forward? I, I know it's been a big project, so I want you to highlight it more and talk to the listeners more about it. Um, those who don't know about the health outreaches um, and um, maybe you can explain uh, what you exactly do. Yeah, sure. Um, talk, talking about health outreaches, I also talking about these times of COVID-19 and also talking about uh, last mile communities. Health outreaches where you are bringing services closer to the communities becomes such a, a very essential activity. And uh, this does two purposes. One is that we are also helping health workers to reach more people. Because you know RRTV is working, is working, we have a collaboration with government. So we are helping health workers because they are very far away from the, the health centers are far away from the, the, the last mile communities. So we are taking the services closer to the people. So yeah, we are reaching more people. But then number two is that we are also now taking services to the people. So people were not able mm. to seek services, they are able to actually get these services. Um, and because of the operational efficiency, health outreaches are very high demand by both the community and uh, the local leadership. We've seen that uh, taking these services closer to people makes it even, we get more numbers coming to, to seek services. So there's so much demand coming from government. There's so much demand coming from the local leadership. There's so much demand also coming from, uh, from the communities. So what we are going to do moving forward as RRTV, we would like to continue work with government structures to provide these communities with more of these services, but also right talking right now and, and looking at vaccines, especially the COVID vaccines. We also want to make sure that these vaccines now come closer to the communities and they are able to have access them. And we believe that uh, when we are able to offer these vaccines, then we are able to protect our communities even further. I love what you just said, David. It makes me more proud to be part of a great organization. I'm sure you also feel the same. Um, as we are still fighting COVID, 
what we need to know and learn to best respond to future challenges and unexpected events when working with last mile communities? Yeah, um, during this time, we've actually learned a lot because you know, when you go through the COVID period, this is the first time we are going through it. So lessons have come our way and these lessons actually shape how we've, uh, we are going also to do our future interventions. Um, we've also learned how to best work with government, how to have community structures, you know, how to work with uh, local leaders. You know, so we've, we've picked quite a lesson, but I, I want to just give you a few examples of what I think are uh, the key lessons in line with these times. When it comes to government, government of Uganda, um, we worked with government to, to support them with, uh, with the testing, to do testing and refer them to treatment centers for those who were sick. That is something. So RTV has really been very instrumental, especially around the COVID mobilizing committee. There are so many myths around the COVID, including even the vaccines. So RTV comes in and offers the right information to these communities, because at the end of the day, we want them to take uh, informed decisions. Um, with those communities, we've also linked them up to health facilities uh, that, you know, provided health workers who, who, you know, those communities, we've also linked them up with their health facilities that, uh, you know, have health workers who carry out community level sensitization about COVID through the pandemic and even through lockdown, like I mentioned earlier, is that RTV was fully operation. That was made possible because we had protocols to safeguard our staff members, but also the communities while providing services. For us, we believe uh, as RTV that uh, we need to first safeguard and keep our staff members safe. But also by doing so, we are actually in a way supporting also the communities to keep safe. So how do we create protocols? So ensuring that our staff members are leading by example, but also, by you know the usually we do the sad operating you know procedures of you know every time staff members you know sanitizing or cleaning their hands wearing a face mask you know all these kind of protocols and then we also expect that for the communities and we've seen communities complying and being able to do that and that has helped us especially for us my communities to to safeguard themselves against the COVID-19 you are going to see that uh, for the cases are not as bad. You've had so many cases, especially in cities, in towns. In our last mile communities, the cases have, are really very low because the, of what RTV has, uh, has been doing. However, uh, as we're doing that, of course, we faced uh, a few challenges you know, along the way. And uh, one of the challenges that we've seen is to do with the access to vaccines for the community members. Um, since most centers have always had, you know, vaccine shortages and delays, that that happened at the very beginning. But of late, that has completely changed because the government has really brought in so much. Yeah, there are so vaccines coming through. And what other TV has done is that how do we ensure that we take away the myth? People who think that the vaccines are not safe, we we give you know we give them the right information and educate them why they should access these vaccines. And we've seen most of them actually accessing and uh, the compliance rate is very, very, you know, very, very good. 
Um, is there anything else you want to share with our audience and funders before we end? Yeah, I, I want to share just two more things. The first one is uh, a very interesting innovation, uh, which would be agriculture related, but it has a very direct connection to, to health. Uh, one of the things, one of the immediate interventions that RRTV did, which I think has turned out to be such a very important intervention, even for government, is uh, making sure that uh, we, we introduce what we call the ready to eat garden boxes. Uh -huh. So these are, we are talking about uh, uh, vegetables that we're giving to these last mile communities, to households. And, and, and uh, so our household were receiving these syndicates with the crops that are harvested and ready in three to four weeks and, and serve as a reliable and sustainable food source. And we saw over 1 million beneficiaries from this. Wow. And this, the, yeah, this is one of the, our urgent responses to the most urgent needs of these families as we're going through this COVID-19. So we saw that uh, actually communities embrace this and we are seeing now even communities starting, you know, to, to even grow more of this because we want our people to have nutritious meals. When we are going through COVID-19, nutrition becomes key that our people are able to have a nutritious meal that boosts, boosts their immunity and in the case they are you know there are issues you know they, they, they get the virus then doesn't affect them we've seen this happen um we are now working very strongly we have a very strong relationship with government structure and we are going we are actually committed to ensuring that these kind of partnerships um to create sustainable solutions in last mile communities you know, continue. So we are we are grateful that we we're able to really come up with a very quick intervention which the community has embraced and it has moved wide and far. Yeah, um, as I as, as I as I end as I end my conversation with you, I would like to say that as Ara TV, we are committed to creating sustainable solutions to last mile communities. Uh, for us to do this, we need resources. Mm -hmm. We need support from, you know, from everyone. So my humble appeal is uh, whoever is listening to us, with your donations to RRTV, we are able to support community and frontline health workers to transform health outcomes and save lives in last mile communities. Yes. We count on you. Thank you. I second that. Thank you so much, David. I really appreciate your time and I hope everyone is going to enjoy your wonderful knowledge and tips. And thank you everyone for tuning in. I'll see you in another episode. Thank you everyone for listening. If you want to find out more about the work we do, we encourage you to visit our website and follow us on our social media channels. Our website and socials are linked in the description box below. Thanks again for listening and we hope you'll join us again next time in RTV Chat. Chat.